Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ian with the Unbiased Freedom Podcast, and we've got Thomas here with us today. Yo, yo. And our good friend Sean with us today. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Everybody's doing great. (laughs) 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 All right. So today we're going to continue the topic of the U.S. Constitution. This is going to be a part two. There are 27 amendments to the Constitution. I'm sure everybody wants us to talk an hour over every four amendments. So we're actually not going to do that. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) We're going to try to gloss over some of these that are just straightforward and obvious. Um, and, uh, anything that we want to talk about more in depth, we will do as we approach those and we'll just kind of read them verbatim as they're written. Um, but before we do that, we wanted to basically go in and, um, bring Sean in since he's a regular now on the show. And, uh, we did introductions, uh, a month ago at this point. And so we wanted to just have him introduce himself and explain to the listeners how he became a libertarian and and why why it is the way he thinks he the way he thinks yeah so uh Sean yeah absolutely um so just to give you guys a little bit of background information on me um I turned 29 this month um I live in Mobile Alabama I am actually in college uh currently for chemical engineering um, as far as how I got to be a libertarian, uh, I guess growing up, I never really felt like Democrats or Republicans really fit my mindset. Um, and then while I was working with Thomas, actually, uh, at Toyota Cool Springs out in Franklin, um, he kind of turned me on to the idea of libertarianism. And I started to do some research and it just kind of, uh, I don't know, evolved from there. I was like, man, this this really fits uh, kind of my thought process a lot better um, than either Democrats or Republicans. So, Yes, sir. Uh, we love having you in the party of freedom. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Love love being here. Uh, it's, it's, it's really cool to see how much it's evolved even since, um, even since I've been in, uh, honestly. Uh, there's been a lot of growth in the party and, you know, I'm definitely excited to see that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, especially after that last debate, the uh, the search on Google for Libertarian and Joe Jorgensen skyrocketed and there was so much web traffic on her website. It, it crashed actually it. crashed it. It's yeah. insane. That's pretty impressive. I don't think that that's ever happened before. Yeah. I mean, you got to think how much web traffic it had to have been to cause it to crash. That's that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. And the, that poll, it was like, uh, who would you vote for after the debate? It was like 11% Trump, 13% Biden, and the rest was uh, neither. Yeah. So that tells right. you right there that there are plenty of people out there that could make it, you know, make it to where she can actually win. And honestly, I, I really hope she does. That'd be awesome. But see, the problem is, on those polls, it's Trump, Biden... And neither. Right. They need to list Joe Jorgensen. This oh, is yeah. this is another candidate that's on every ballot in every state of the union. There's no reason to, you know, purposefully leave her name off so that people don't recognize the name and don't know who she is. And I'm I'm getting fed up with the media doing that. And they always have done that. It's just getting yeah, it's, old. It's aggravating. 
Well, I, I feel like we're finally starting to turn, and uh, I think there's a, enough people now to that's starting to really get interested in the party and everything. So it's uh, yeah. we're, we're moving I mean, in I the right like direction. That, uh, I feel like that debate debate definitely uh, helped our cause a little bit too. Golly, what a shit show! It man. was, it was, it was great. It was I've terrible. never seen somebody. I've never From seen somebody win a debate. It was great. <laughs> Without I've never seen somebody debate. win in debate without <laughs> being there before. It was great. Yeah. Without even saying anything. Yep. That's right. that's sad. It's really sad. Well, uh, you right. guys ready uh, to jump into it? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. All right. Um, uh, well, let's. How about we start with uh, where we left off? Amendment six. Uh, rights five. of accused and yep. criminal. Five. Oh, oh, five. I'm sorry. Five. No, Remember, you- we only made it through the first four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. Um, Step out of y'all. All All right. Uh, Amendment five. uh, Rights of persons. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land, in the land or naval forces or in the militia when in the actual service in time of war or public danger nor shall any person be subject for the same offense offense <laughs> to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So that's... I mean, that's basically saying self-ownership. I mean, you own yourself. The government doesn't own you. And, you know, they can't just come in and take your property. Can They can't just come in and take you without a just process, due process of law. So, I mean, this is a pretty important amendment here yeah. that uh, is distinguishable between us and other nations, you know? Well, and that's also another thing yeah. that the Libertarian Party wants to get rid of, a civil uh, asset forfeiture which is pretty much to do with this because now there's so much more of it that goes on even when it's not really justified and it's in violation of this amendment, but people are still getting away with that. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, you've got people who travel across state lines doing business and if they've got more than, I think it's $3,000 worth of cash on their persons and they get pulled over by a highway patrol officer, they can legally through some weird loophole, they can take that money and hang on to it until you're proven innocent, which is completely ass backwards, if you ask me. Right, because you're supposed yeah. to be innocent until proven guilty. Right. They 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 just assume that you're running drugs or you know you're involved in some kind of illegal activity because they're just not used to seeing that much cash. But I mean, let's be honest, three thousand dollars is really not a lot of cash. No, not in modern no. society. Not with uh, inflation. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And the other thing that might get kind of lost in the language of that is that they, they can't uh, they can't just like prosecute you for a crime without some kind of evidence. Right. Yes. But yet they still do. Well, I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it, that's the way it's supposed to be. Right. Yeah, then you gotta then you gotta pay a lawyer thousands of dollars to argue your case, and you go broke um, making sure that you prove you're correct. But uh, it's just sad that it has come to that. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Uh, Amendment six, rights of accused in criminal prosecutions. In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. All right. Yeah, so, so that one's oh, go pretty ahead, straightforward. Yeah, I was just going to say that one's pretty straightforward. I mean, just uh, you have a right to to be judged by your peers rather than, you know, somebody. The state. Who, right. Yeah, exactly. But the frustrating thing about that is, is nowadays we don't have speedy trials. There, There's trials that uh, the shooting in Tennessee, the one at the church in Antioch, that guy still hasn't gone on trial yet. And how, that was how two that years possible? ago. How is that even two possible? or three years ago? Like that's that's not a speedy trial. Like well, I, I these gotta, people need it needs to be done and it needs to be quit because right now it's just such a waste of taxpayer dollars. Well, not only that, but then people who were there and witnessed it, who were witnesses to it. Let's be honest, we're all humans, and the more traumatizing an event is, the more your brain protects itself right. by trying to forget things. And, and over the yeah, course of time, you're going to lose more of it. And that benefits who? The person who committed exactly. the crime, not the witnesses and the victims. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, memory is a fickle thing anyway. Um, For sure. Know, two, people, two people that experience the same event may remain, remember it very differently, you know? Well, and, and not only that, but if you're told something over and over that's different than what you remembered it, eventually your memory gets shifted into that other you know that other description explanation yeah, yeah exactly yeah it reminds me of that game as kids in uh, elementary telephone school. Yeah. yep you you're the first one in line you've got this uh one line sentence that you have to tell the person in front of you and by the time it gets to the last person in the classroom we're talking 25 students at best it's totally different it's a totally different thing and we all just repeated the same thing and you know supposedly so and that's just one example of how quick things can go bad so right all right enough of that one <laughs> uh all right we're going to talk about now amendment number seven civil trials in suits at common law where the value and controversy shall exceed twenty dollars the right of trial by jury shall be preserved and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise re-examined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of the common law. Easy peasy. Yeah. yeah. Pretty straightforward. Basically, if it's a civil suit, you're not going to be, it's not going to have a jury most of the time. You know, it's just going to be between you the, and the person that either you're suing or being sued by and the judge. Sean, yeah. Sean, you want to take Amendment 8, sir? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, further guarantees in criminal cases. Uh, excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. Um, so basically, just, just trying to keep things fair. You know, the, the bail should uh, fit the crime as well as the punishment. Right. And we don't want to punish people who are innocent because we're all innocent until proven guilty. Which is why you only have to fork up 10% of your bail to actually make bail. Right. Which is right. kind of strange. 
But yeah. <laughs> All right, Ian, you want to take number nine? I gotcha. Number nine, unnumerated rights. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Yeah, so basically just numbering our rights so that we can see them laid out before us. Yep, simplicity. Which is amazing. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Amendment 10, reserved powers. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. Meaning the government only has the power that we give them. Right. Yes. And what a lot of people don't realize, a lot of us today didn't vote to give the government the power that it has today. And we don't like that. Exactly. And the only way we can further restrict that is to vote or go become a a member of Congress or the Senate, you know, hashtag libertarian. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We have to change the laws that people before us put on the books that we don't agree with. And that's the beautiful thing about this country is it constantly is molded from its inception. Yeah, it's imperfect. Everything is. But having the ability of its people to change and mold the future and the shape of this country, the way that we do, the way that no other peoples are guaranteed the rights to do on this planet. That's a beautiful thing, guys. I think that's absolutely amazing. And no, nobody's going to agree with everything that's happening, but that's not the point. The point is that you have the opportunity to have your voice be heard and change it if you so see that it needs to be changed. Exactly. And I feel like this is um I feel like this is a big one for the Libertarian Party uh also. I mean, you know, if you if you've ever been part of a government run uh, program and you don't like the way that it's run, you know there there's probably a reason for that. Because um, the government the libertarian sucks. party, yeah, the libertarian party feels like uh, you know states and um, even private people can run these programs better, and that's kind of kind of one of their integral standpoints um, in politics. All right, Thomas, reserved powers, Amendment 10. Just kidding. (laughs) I was making sure you were paying attention. (laughs) Ah, okay. (laughs) If you say so, bro. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We're pros, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we are. Yeah, absolutely. We we definitely rehearsed this, you can tell. Yeah. (laughs) There's no errors on our end. Well, (laughs) factual information, yeah. But as far as errors in, you know, dialogue, sure. But we're all, we're just people too. And we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want it to be too stiff. Yeah. And we don't want people to think that we're, we're scripting this. Like we're just, we're three dudes sitting in, well, we're two dudes sitting in one room and another dude (laughs) sitting in the other room (laughs) in Alabama. And we're literally reading off the U S constitution to our listeners. I mean, it doesn't get any cooler than that. And as, as we go along, we, talk about the amendments we like and you know i think it's cool yeah well and it's also gained the first one gained a lot of interest which is why we're doing part two so soon um so hopefully you guys are enjoying it and obviously reach out to us if you guys have any other questions 
even though we're going to go through the 27 amendments. Um, reach out to us if you have any other questions or you want further explanation of anything you don't understand. And, you know, we're, we'll be more than welcome to go more in depth on other things in a later podcast. As much as we can, it is important to note that we are not law experts right. either. Exactly. But we, we all know enough and we've done enough research to where we can kind of give pretty good educated, you know, answers, but all right, let's move on to amendment 11. It's going to be suits. Uh, oh, go ahead, Sean. You can read this one. I was just going to say suits against states. Uh, the ju judicial power of the United States shall not be construed to extend to any loss, uh, to any suit in law or equity, equity Easy commenced or prosecuted, <laughs> <laughs> commenced or prosecuted against one of the United States by citizens of another state or by citizens or subjects of any foreign state. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Amendment 12, election of the president. Uh, I don't want to throw this one on either one of you guys. It's a pretty long one. So. It is very long. <laughs> <laughs> so bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Here we go. The electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for the president and vice president of uh, one of whom at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves. They shall name in their ballots the person voted for as president and in distinct ballots the person voted for as vice president and they shall make distinct lists of all persons voted for as president and of all persons voted for as vice president and of the number of votes for each which list they shall sign and certify and transmit sealed to the seat of government of the United States directed to the president of the senate the president of the Senate shall, in the presence of the of the Senate and the House of Representatives, open all the certificates and votes shall then be counted. The person having the greatest number of votes for president shall be the president. If such number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed, and if no person should have the majority, then from the persons having the highest numbers not exceeding three on the list of those who voted for as president, the House of Representatives shall choose immediately by ballot the president. But in choosing the president, the votes shall be taken by states, the representation from each state having one vote. A quorum from this purpose shall consist of a member or members from two-thirds of the states, and a majority of all the states shall be necessary to a choice. And if the House of Representatives shall not choose a president's president whenever the right to uh, of choice shall devolve upon them before the fourth day of March next following, then the vice president shall act as president. As in the case of death or other constitutional disability of the president, the person having the greatest number of votes as vice president shall be the vice president. If such number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed, and if no person having a majority then from two highest numbers on the list, the Senate shall choose the vice president. A quorum for the purpose shall consist of two-thirds of the whole number of senators and a majority of the whole number shall be necessary to a choice. But no person constitutionally ineligible to the office of president shall be elect eligible to that of vice president of the United States. There, that's dude, a long one. Language back then was just was crazy. A yeah, that was hard to read. Um, yeah, that and, was kind of a mouthful. 
Yeah, and not a lot of periods either. So that was uh, it's just a commas the whole damn way. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> the back in the day, which most people don't know, the vice president didn't run with the president. They were actually the second place um, person uh, ended up being the vice president. So you had whoever won the majority became president, and then second place was actually the vice president. Right. Which, Correct. honestly, I think that's kind of cool. They should they should go back to that. That's actually one of the amendments coming up where they actually amended that. Uh, and we'll discuss that in a little bit. Okay. Okay, cool. Right. All right, Amendment 13. Who's, who's up for that? I got it. Slavery and involuntary servitude. Section 1. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for a crime whereof the parties shall be duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to that jurisdiction. Section 2, Congress shall have no power to enforce this article. Shall have power. Or shall have power, exactly. Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Obviously, this is a great amendment because the founding of the, the country said that all men are created equal, and this just helps ensures that yeah exactly it helps to ensure and make sure that no matter who you are what you know ethnicity you are you are equal to everybody else nobody is greater than anybody else based just on the color of their skin which is how it should be because nobody is that's not it's completely asinine and stupid to think that you are superior just because you have a different colored skin that is stupid yeah and i just would like yeah. to point out um the united states gets Shat on in the, on the world stage all the time for one being the wealthiest country on the planet, but also one that had slavery. And I just want all the listeners out there to know that the United States did have slavery. That is true, but we were also the first country to ban it faster than any other country right. on Earth that also enacted slavery, which is every other country on Earth. So let's not pretend that. Your country in Canada or England, especially England, Jesus, yeah. conquered half the world. <laughs> like the United States realized they have made a mistake and they quickly corrected it. And you got to be proud of that. Well, and it's the only country that was founded to where it would even be able to eliminate it. We were not founded as a racist country. There were a lot of people from day one that were trying to abolish slavery yes. from day one. Yeah. But but the country wasn't organized enough to put it at a exactly. federal level saying, okay, all these colonies, no, we want we don't want to do this. I don't agree with that, you know. And so things happen over time and eventually it worked itself out. And I'm I'm really proud of that. Yeah, and most most states by the time the thirteenth amendment was ratified. Most states already had eliminated slavery or had a plan to end it within X amount of years. Right. So it's not like like the Civil War was not 100% about slavery. It there that was obviously a contributing factor, but there most of those states already had plans in place to to weed out and to eventually, you know, get rid of slavery. It's not like they were you know, most states were already on board with that. Yeah. So Amendment yeah. 14 um, is a pretty long one, guys. Why don't we 
bounce back and forth. We'll let Sean start with this and read section one, and then I can do section two, Thomas, yeah. section three, so yeah, on. Yeah, there's so five forth. sections on this one. Yeah, that way we're not forcing that on <laughs> one person because that's a long winded. I mean, geez, you thought the president one was bad. <laughs> well, at least this one has periods. Yeah. Uh, this, yeah this is true. Yeah. This is when grammar got better, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Amendment 14 is going to be rights guaranteed, privileges and immunities of citizenship, due process and equal protection. Um, section one reads, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny any person within his jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Section 2. Representatives shall be apportioned among several states according to their respective numbers, counting the whole number of persons in each state, excluding Indians not taxed. But when the right to vote at any election for the choice of electors for president and vice president of the United States, representatives in Congress, the executive and judicial officers of a state, or the members of the legislature thereof, is denied to any of the male inhabitants of such state, being 21 years of age, and citizens of the United States or in any way abridged except for participation in rebellion or other crime, the basis of representation therein shall be reduced in the proportion which the number of such male citizens shall bear to the whole number of male citizens 21 years of age in such state. Section 3. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office civil or military under the United States or any state who having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislation or as an executive or judicial judicial officer of any state to support the constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof by Congress may be a vote of two thirds of each house removes such disability. But Congress, but Congress, yes, yeah, sorry, but <laughs> uh, section four, the validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion shall not be questioned. But neither the United States nor any state shall assume or pay any debt or obligation incurring, incurred in aid of insurrection or rebellion against the United States or any claim for the loss of, or emancipation of any slave. But all such debts, obligations, and claims shall be held illegal and void. And section five, the Congress shall have power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. So that's a big one to unpack, Whoa. guys. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it basically just like, it basically lays out uh, what you have to do what you have to do in order to be a voter for the United States. And that's be someone who has 
um, immigrated here legally or been born here and you have to be a certain age. And also you can't have any felonies on your record, I believe. Yes, correct. Well, and I, I don't, you can still vote even if you have uh, felonies, can't you? Nope. Oh, oh, that's right. You can't. That was something that they were talking about. That was Another part thing, of the Libertarian two. Party. Yeah, they want to reinstate <laughs> right. voter rights for those. That Yeah, that's right. And also, if it says basically you lose all of your rights to be a citizen if you try to actively, like, being rebel in, against or insurrect or yeah, help an enemy, right. you know, right? So, yeah, all things that are probably probably not good to do. <laughs> all right, Amendment Fifteen: the right of citizens to vote, Section One: the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Section 2, the Congress shall have the power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. That's an easy one. Yeah, everybody, so, everybody gets to vote. Everybody's equal. Yeah, exactly. Easy enough, baby. All um, right. Uh, Amendment 16. Repeal it. Tax. Repeal it. <laughs> uh, the Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived without appointment among... Apportionment. Several state. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. Without apportionment among the several states, and without regard to any census or enumeration. Sorry, guys. I'm not trying to be a the grammar Nazi. I just want everybody to hear as it's right. written out. Because I mean, I've made mistakes too. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So what's really annoying is our country is founded in 1776. Yes. The uh, 16th Amendment. Obvious was passed by Congress in 1909 and wasn't ratified until 1913. So we almost, let's see, what, almost 200 years without yeah. having a, a federal income tax. Yep. Right. Yeah, and, and the president who passed that and signed it into law regretted it immediately afterwards. But he, he basically said, I just sold this country out to bankers, international bankers. And a there's a, there's a lot of truth to that because the people who own most of the wealth can control a lot of what happens in government because they have uh, more of a podium to stand on, per se. And they can get their message out to more people more easily than, say, you or I. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think we need to do everything we can to repeal it. Agreed. Uh, 100%. Amendment 17. Popular election of senators. The Senate of the United States shall be composed of two senators from each state, elected by the people thereof for six years, and each senator shall have one vote. The electors in each state shall have the qualifications uh, requisite for electors of the most numerous branch of the state legislatures. When vacancies happen in the representation of any state in the Senate, the executive authority of such state shall issue writs of election to fill such vacancies, provided that the legislature of any state may empower the executive thereof to make temporary appointments until the people fill the vacancies by election as the legislature may direct. This amendment shall not be so construed as to the effect of the election or terms of any senator chosen before it becomes valid as part of the Constitution. 
Now, this one we need to also amend. We need to enact term limits. Absolutely. I was 100% going to say that. Yeah, you have these public politicians that are doing things that benefit them rather than benefit the people they represent. And I feel one way to combat that is a thousand percent just term limits. Yeah. And I don't know how we do that because the only way to enact term limits is for these jokers to put that on the ballot and vote for it themselves. And who's going to vote themselves out of a cushy job with government benefits? Well, that's when the states need to step in and just do it ourselves. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. and that's um, that's very very true. Um, remember, we talked about um, the convention of states. Correct. The convention of states. If we get enough together, we can make amendments to the con- constitution without the need for the government, the federal government, to step in and do it for us. And so, the convention of states would come in and give us the ability to do these kinds of things. And unfortunately, that's going to be the only way to do it. But I think it's something that we need to strive towards. I agree. And I think more and more people are starting to see that with these Pelosi's and (laughs) Chuck Schumer's and all these guys that have been in in Congress and Senate for years. And I mean, you're talking 35, 40 years. Look at Biden, 47 years in government. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And yeah. uh, And then, and then people wonder why nothing ever changes. It's because the same people that have been there, that have always been there are still there. Exactly. All right, so basically, we're just going to skip over Amendment 18. It was the prohibition of alcohol, which we all know got repealed. So there's no real reason to dig too much into that one. So true. We'll skip on. So we'll to just move on to uh, Amendment women's 19, suffrage rights. Yeah. Yep. Which uh, is go ahead. Oh, I was just going <laughs> to read that one. The right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. So women's voting rights. Yeah, I think we can all agree that's a good one. Yeah, it took way too long to actually have that amended, which technically, if you look at the uh, Constitution from the get-go, there was nothing that prevented. Yeah. So the fact that they had to go through and add an amendment is just crazy to me. Yeah, I think I think that was necessary because the states were restricting things. Right. And so the Fed stepped in and said, hey, we don't like that. Uh, so Amendment 20 is a big one. We'll, um, we got six sections here. So we're going to do like we did on the last one and split these up. Uh, I'll go ahead and start with this one, guys. Amendment 20. Commencement of the terms of president, vice president, and members of Congress. Section one, the terms of the president and vice president shall at shall end at noon on the 20th day of January and the terms of senators and representatives at noon on the third day of January of the years in which such terms would have ended if this article had not been ratified and the terms of their successors shall then begin. Section two, the Congress shall assemble at least once in every year and such meetings shall begin at noon on the third day of January unless they shall by law appoint a different day. Section three, if at the time fixed for the beginning of the term of the president, the president-elect shall have died, the vice president-elect shall become president. 
If a president shall not have been chosen before the time fixed for the beginning of his term, or if the president-elect shall have failed to qualify, then the vice president-elect shall act as president until a president shall have qualified. And the Congress may by law provide for the case wherein neither a president-elect nor a vice president-elect shall have qualified, declaring who shall then act as president or in or the manner in which one who is to act shall be selected, and such person shall act accordingly until a president or vice president shall have qualified. Section 4. The Congress may by law provide for the case of the death of any of the persons from whom the House of Representatives may choose a president whenever the right of the choice shall have devolved upon them, and for the case of the death of any of the persons from whom the Senate may choose a vice president whenever the right of choice shall have devolved upon them. Sorry. Section 5. Sections 1 and 2 shall take effect on the 15th day of October following the ratification of this article. And Section 6. This article shall be inoperative unless it shall have been ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by the legislatures of three-fourths of several states within seven years from the date of its submission. All right. uh, Amendment 21. Repeal of the 18th Amendment. That's fun. So the 18th (laughs) Amendment is prohibition of liquors. So uh, we can all go and drink bourbon and whiskey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They pretty much figured out that. Coke, uh, baby. Yeah, yeah. So so we're going to skip Amendment 21, as we previously discussed. It's kind of obvious. It's an easy one. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's kind of funny. They figured all they figured out a long time ago that banning something doesn't work, but they're still trying to do it. Yep. yep. You're exactly right. That is a good that is a very good point. Who's uh, who's up for amendment 22, presidential tenure? I'll take it. All right. Amendment 22 is presidential tenure. Section 1. No person shall be elected to the office of the president more than twice and no person who has held the office of president or acted as president for more than 2 years of term to which some other person was elected president shall be elected to the office of the president more than once. But this article shall not apply to any person holding the office of president when this article was proposed by the Congress and shall not prevent any person who may be holding the office of president or acting as president during the term within which this article uh, article becomes operative from holding the office of president or acting as president during the remainder of such term. Section 2, this article shall be an an inoperative unless it shall shall have been ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by legislation of three-fourths of the several states within seven years from the date of its submission to the state uh, by the Congress. Okay, guys, I want to uh, talk about this. So, before this amendment was a thing, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, actually served four terms as president of the United States. And I just want to kind of cover that history because I think it's important for people to understand why we have that. So on November 5th, 1940, Franklin Delano Roosevelt broke a long-held precedent, one that started with George Washington when he would become the first president elected to a third ter- term. Roosevelt would go on to vie for and win yet a fourth term, 
taking office again on January 20th, 1945. FDR was the first and last president to win more than two consecutive presidential elections, and his exclusive four terms were in part a consequence of timing. His election for a third term took place as the United States remained in the throes of the Great Depression and World War II had just begun. While multiple presidents had sought third terms before, the instability of the times allowed FDR to make a strong case for stability. You have economic domestic issues and you have foreign policy with the outbreak of World War II in 1939, says Barbara Perry, professor and director of presidential studies at the University of Virginia's Miller Center. And then you have his own political viability. He had won the 1936 election with more than two-thirds of the popular vote. Eventually, U.S. lawmakers pushed back, arguing that term limits were necessary to keep abusive powers in check. Two years after FDR's death, Congress passed the 22nd Amendment, limiting presidents to two terms. The amendment was then ratified in 1951. So what's crazy is the Congress were like, no, this guy's, you know, there's too much power. We have to limit it. But the same thing is now happening in Congress. These people are in office and have stayed in office and they won't give up that power. But this was the whole reason why this amendment was enacted was because somebody wasn't giving up the power. Right. So it's uh, it's extremely frustrating. Very, very hypocritical of them. Yeah, they've already they've already made their case. And I mean, I I definitely feel like it applies to uh, Congress members also. Yeah, that that's something that I like. Again, I would really like to see pushed a little bit harder. And uh, hopefully I would really like to see that enacted because you shouldn't be in a position of power like that for that long. Um, especially when you're not doing anything to act that's beneficial. Um, so right. I, think, I think that's definitely something that needs to be addressed. Sean, you want to pick up Amendment 23? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, presidential electors for the District of Columbia. Section 1. Uh, the district constituting the seat of government of the United States shall appoint in such manner as the Congress may direct a uh, number of electives, uh, electors of president and vice president equal to the number of senators and representatives in Congress to which the district would be entitled if it were a state, but in no event more than the least populous state. They shall be in addition to those appointed by the states, but they shall be considered for the purposes of the election of the president and vice president to be electors appointed by a state, and they shall meet in the district and perform such duties as provided by the 12th article of amendment section two the congress shall have power to invoice the, uh, to enforce this article by appropriate legislation basically it just gives dc electors and allows them to be to have a voice in the elections even though they are technically not a state correct yeah which didn't they do the same thing with puerto rico uh, yeah, Puerto Rico is like a, a U.S. territory. So is Guam. Right. And they can also vote. And the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yes. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, Ian, you want to say number 24? I sure do, because I don't <laughs> want 25. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. We're going to split that one up. <laughs> All right. Amendment 24. Abolition of the poll tax qualification in federal elections. Section 1. 
the right of citizens of the United States to vote in any primary or other election for the president or vice president, for electors for president or vice president, or for senator or representative in Congress, shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or any state by reason of failure to pay any poll tax or other tax. Basically, if you owe taxes and you haven't paid them, you can still vote. Section two, the Congress shall have the power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation, meaning they can put more laws on the books if they see fit. Well, taxation is theft, so for for them to try to restrict your voting because you're not given the money that they're trying to steal from you. Yeah. Yeah, so... They knew that if they if they were restricting people's rights based on taxation, they would have a civil war on their hands. Right. I mean, that was one of the founding principles of the United States initially. So, all right, we're going to split up Amendment Twenty Five. Also, no, we're not. No, yes, we're not. we are. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> you 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 at your damn mind? No, that one. It, this one's going to be a long one too. All right, Amendment 25, Presidential Vacancy, Disability, or Incapacity. Section 1, in case of the removal of the president of... I'm going to restart that. In, in case <laughs> of the removal of the president from You office, at your damn mind. <laughs> right? <laughs> or of his death or resignation, <laughs> the vice president shall become president. Uh, section two, whenever there is a vacancy in the office of the vice president, the president shall nominate a vice president who shall take office upon confirmation by a majority vote of both houses of Congress. Section three, whenever the president transmits to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the speaker of the house of representatives, his written declaration that he is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office and until he transmits to them a written declaration to the contrary, such powers and duties shall be discharged by the vice president as acting president. Section four, whenever the vice president and the majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or of such other bodies as Congress may by law provide, transmit to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the House of Representatives, uh, their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the vice president shall immediately assume the powers and duties of the office as acting president. Which is kind of happening right now with Pence while Trump's in the hospital. Right. Uh, and then it continues and says, thereafter, when the president transmits to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives his written declaration that no inability exists, he shall resume the powers and duties of his office unless the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive department or of such other bodies of con- as Congress may by law provide transmit within four days to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. Thereupon, Congress shall decide the issue, assembling within 48 hours for that purpose, if not in session. If the Congress within 21 days after receipt of the latter 
written declaration or if the Congress is not in session within 21 days after Congress is required to assemble determines by two thirds vote of both houses of that of both houses that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. The vice president shall continue to discharge the same as acting president. Otherwise, the president shall resume the powers and duties of his office. So real quick, ladies and gentlemen, pro tempore, I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Pro tempore (laughs) is an abbreviated term. It's a Latin phrase, which translates to for the time being. So Ah, hopefully that that, makes sense. Hopefully that makes things a little bit more uh, understandable. Uh, Amendment 26, reduction of voting age qualification. Section one, the right of the citizens of the United States who are 18 years of age or older to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of age. Section two, the Congress shall have the power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. And last but not least, actually it's last, uh, Amendment 27, (laughs) Congressional pay limitation. No law bearing the compensation for the services of the senators or representatives shall take effect until an election of representatives shall be intervened. All right. So real quick on Amendment 26, the left is now trying to reduce the voting age to 16, which is ridiculous because they say they're old enough to vote and this and that, but they are completely trashing and running through the mud Kyle Rittenhouse because he had an AR-15 and he was 17. He's not mature enough to have an AR, but he's mature enough to vote. That, to me, is crazy because a vote can be just as dangerous depending on who you're voting for. Oh, a vote's arguably way more dangerous. I mean, there are bad laws on the books now, and a lot of people don't really... take the time to think about the rep, uh, repercussions of that and how exactly. difficult it is to get the, get rid of those laws. Every time we pass a law is just another freedom that's being taken away from us. That seems extremely dangerous to me because I don't know about you guys, but at 16, I didn't have enough I didn't have enough knowledge of politics nor life experience to Agreed. make a decision like that effectively. Yeah. Well, have you guys ever talked to anybody who's close to 16 that has any kind of interest in politics. Yeah, they, it's all, usually they all say extreme. this. Bernie bro, we're exactly. a Bernie bro. Exactly. It's like they don't even understand the concept of money or the concept of working exactly. to pay for things. Well, and when you're that young, you think like things like socialism is a good thing until you get older and you really realize how dangerous the ideology of socialism really is. It's, it's uh, terrifying, honestly. And it doesn't reward anybody for going above and beyond to, to create, you know? And one of the most frustrating thing is when all these people are like, well, we already have socialism. Look at parks, look at roads, look at the library, look at the postal service, all this other stuff. It's like, most of those aren't. Those are services. Those are ser- they're public services. And then they were like, well, what about Medicare or Medicaid? Well, those are programs that you're forced into. They're not. That's. I think. And that we don't stuff, benefit from yeah, it. Yeah, I think that stuff should be optional. I mean, if yeah, you want. Yeah, make it optional. All if day. you want to pay extra to the government so that you have some kind of really crappy government health care, hey, more power to you. But I think most people would like to have an option to work directly with an insurance company 
with those companies having the ability to work along state lines so that actual competition exists and prices are driven down. That's the problem today. Well, see, and that's the thing is people don't realize that they think that capitalism is bad, but capitalism is actually a really good thing when it's done correctly because, like you said, it drives prices down. It makes things more Innovation. Yeah. Without that, technology would have been at a standstill, and we wouldn't have all of these amazing things that we have today. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I want to... I want to backtrack just a little bit to that uh, sure. example that you used of roads. Um, I mean, if you look at state state funded, or I'm sorry, government funded roads um, like interstates, and you look at how long you look at how long it takes to get uh, interstates fixed when there's an issue. I mean, it's it's insane. If you think that um, if you think that providing the government with uh, with the ability to provide for us is going to be any better than uh, you're out of your mind. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, look at that great example. The, the uh, highway, I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's on the way to Pensacola, Florida. The same hurricane that hits your neck of the woods, Sean took out a huge section of their bridge and it's a toll road of all things. Uh, it's a government toll road. It's not a private road. Texas has a lot of private toll roads. There's a difference. There's a very distinct difference, and we can get into that at a later date. But they're saying this road, and it's only two lanes of it, and it's only about a 250-yard section that's completely fallen off into the bay there, and they've got it completely shut down, and they're, they, can't, they can't even tell you when it could be fixed. See, that something like that, if it was privatized, it would have already been done. Well, they don't have an incentive to fix it. Exactly. Because they know they can take as long as they want. It it, it doesn't matter. They're still going to get their, their money at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing that's so frustrating. Everybody that's listening has driven through some sort of road construction. And when you drive through and you see there's hundreds of guys working, and of those hundreds of guys a fraction of them are actually working. Like that's how most government programs work. Unfortunately, there's a, there's only a few people who actually do the work and the rest of the people just stand there and collect the money. Yep. I, I hear that the analogy, um, too many chiefs and not enough Indians. It's, you got a bunch of supervisors that stand around exactly, and they're all supervisors supervising the three guys that are actually doing the work. And they're, you know, we wonder why this crap takes so long. Yeah. Well, and there's right. right by my house, they're expanding. Uh, it was two lanes, and now they're expanding it out to, I believe it's five lanes um, because there's so much traffic. And they have been already working on it for almost a year, and there's no end in sight. And oh, I know. It's it's insane how long it takes. I mean, look at 440 here in, in Nashville. How long was oh, that God, under construction? Yeah. Hey, hey, but they did it. They they came. finally got it done. <laughs> but they they finished sooner than expected. So that was a nice surprise. Yeah, though. I mean, I guess we can give them that. It didn't save any money. Uh, Hell no, they didn't. It yeah. actually probably cost more to get it done. <laughs> hey, y'all, y'all want to hear a good one? Smyrna just did a ribbon cutting for a new road off of Old Nashville Highway and over on Enon Springs, right? Yeah, they yep. extended Enon Springs Road West all the way down towards Rocky Fort Road. Right. 
and it's a fucking two-lane road. <laughs> it needs to be four lanes, so we're going to be widening this road and creating a, another slowdown and a pain point. And yep. I guarantee you three to four years, they'll go, oh, fuck, this needs to be four lanes. Why didn't we think of this before? <laughs> it's like, Jesus, our, our fucking planning commission in Rutherford County is god off. Dude, have you seen, uh, I know you have, but the absolute mess on Sam Ridley and Smyrna. It oh, is yeah. I'm atrocious. There every day. Yeah, I'm there it every day. It is so dude. bad. Yeah, man. it's really bad when I have to only drive into work one day a week sometimes. And they've got <laughs> they got it one lane from old Nashville Highway all the way to the interstate. Yeah. One lane. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, what in the absolute Now hell? see, in contrast to that, um, in contrast to that, when we had the hurricane come through, obviously it knocked over a lot of trees and it damaged a lot of property. And stuff like that. I, you know, I can attest to that myself. My dad and I actually just um, finished replacing uh, part of the fence that got blown over. But um, you know, all that all that debris and trash and, and stuff has to go somewhere. And obviously, we have uh, state and federal run trash pickup and all that fun stuff um, that that would have taken forever to get done done on its own. So what happened was a bunch of electricians and trash removal people from other states, private companies came in and I mean, it was like, it was like a flood. And within a week, you know, most of this stuff was, most of the stuff was taken care of because yeah, because the private companies came in and, and did it. Knocked and they it got out of the park, park, baby. Yeah. I remember when that first happened down there and they were saying that it was going to take up to like three months for some people to get electricity. And then all of those companies, uh, a lot actually from Tennessee, yeah, I remember drove seeing, down. Yeah, and I remember uh, seeing, uh, they were all headed down sixty five. Yeah, it was just a huge caravan of private people, huge convoy, just, which was amazing. Yeah, I love it, man. Absolutely love it. And that's yeah. That's so that what just it goes takes. to show you that people that the people, government is not a necessarily the answer. Yes. No, not at all. It's almost <laughs> never the answer, actually, in my opinion. <laughs> That's my opinion. Well, and you that's the thing. It's like what we keep advocating. You don't need the government. You don't need the government to give you handouts. You don't need the government for this and that. Like the less government we have, the better our society honestly the is going to be. The more we are to each other. Exactly. And the the less People are in general, people are good people and they're going to help out others as much as they can. Yeah. I, agree. I mean, I agree with that. Yeah. You don't No, and, 100%. And honestly, I think too much government intervention causes it, people it makes people step be, back. Ex exactly, because they think somebody else is going to take care of it. Well, or they worry about, oh, if I help this person, like, oh, am I going to yeah, be in trouble? Am I going to have some... Exactly. Is, there some is there some law because... Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you owe me a Coke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we put some crown in it. All right. Well, let's make that happen. <laughs> <at least. laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we are hitting our one hour mark here in T minus... 45 seconds or so. So we Great appreciate timing. you. Yeah, we appreciate everybody hanging in with us on all of the U.S. Constitution amendments, all 27 of them. We think they're very important. It's uh, shaping us in every way, and it's going to continue to do so in the future. I, you can bet that um, things are going to keep being changed. And I'm kind of curious of what might be amended or added in the future. So it may happen in our lifetime because it's happened in our parents' lifetime. So I think the day's coming. Right. And honestly, the, you can't really 
the first sentence of the Constitution is just, it tells you everything you need to know. It Here we, it's, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our prosperity, do ordain and establish the Constitution for the United States of America. Man, you went super East Tennessee there for a second. Whale fair. <laughs> what a, whale, <laughs> was, whatever. But like that first sentence tells you like this country is made to be a, just an amazing place where people have the ability and you're not going to be guaranteed the same outcome. Yeah, you're not guaranteed the outcome. Exactly. But you have the ability. This is the only country in the world where you can start with absolutely nothing and become a billionaire. Build an empire. Exactly. And and just keep in mind yeah. in that first sentence that Thomas read there, to me, the big the big deal is quotations more perfect. Exactly. Which is why we are allowed to amend it. Yes, because we, we can are change able it. To, we are able to make it better and better as it goes. It's not fixed. It doesn't We're not to, perfect. Exactly. But we're we're getting more perfect every time we come up with better ideas, exactly. new ideas, better ways to do things. And and so that's what the beautiful thing is about this country. It's not stagnant. A lot of people, especially in the media, would like you to think that, oh, there's so much in the Constitution that's just not relevant today and it's completely outdated. And we, you know, we need to be more like Europe and we need to be more like New Zealand and this and that. And um, basically what they're saying is we need to give their, uh, the one guy in parliament, you know, or their king or queen more power to just strip freedoms away from people is honestly what that means when they say that. That's what that translates to. That's scary. But at the end of the day, the people have the power. Exactly. And this country is an amazing country, even though we have our flaws, it is it is definitely, in our opinion, the best country, and I would love to see more countries adopt some of the things that we have. Um, obviously, that's not our responsibility to make that happen, but I hope just like over we can in Hong blueprint. Kong, yeah, I just hope like how in Hong Kong they have this whole strive to become very similar to the United States. Yeah, we can um, be a beacon for goes. freedom. We yeah. can, we definitely can for the rest of the world. Yes, sir. And and, I, and as everybody knows, we are not perfect, and we don't pretend that we are. But at least we can change if we have to, and we will, and we do. We will always keep moving forward. That's right. All right. So this week's good news story of the week comes to us from the Good News Network, as always. And this one's pretty cool because we're kind of sticking with uh, technology and kind of green feel. New deal. No, not the green (laughs) deal. That's fucking horrible. Uh, (laughs) uh, So this one, it... It's talking about Tel Aviv to become first city with electric roads that actually charge public transportation. That's sweet, man. Yeah. So the construction of an electric road will make Tel Aviv the first city worldwide to institute large-scale rollout of a technology that can actually charge vehicles as they drive. How is that possible? So it says that the Tel Aviv municipality, in partnership with Electrion and Dan Bus Company, launched a pilot to install wireless electronic roads for charging public transportation Boom, in the city. There you go. The project will be carried out between Tel Aviv University Railway sa- uh, Station and Klatskin Terminal. Uh, it's a two-kilometer route, including 600 meters of electric road. 
The project will enable specifically equipped electronic buses capable of being charged directly from under-road electric infrastructure. That's nice. No more, no more high wires That's like awesome. San Francisco yeah. and all that crap. They won't need the expensive heavy batteries. Yep. They won't need to go to charging or gas stations while traveling along the necessary infrastructure. They'll actually have unlimited journey time. Wow. It'll it'll be able to stay constantly moving. Just moving because yeah. it's they're just constantly running off that power yeah. wirelessly being trans. Look at Nikola Tesla, man, being so relevant in 2020. That dude's a boss. <laughs> yeah. That's that's insane, oh, man. He's my guy, man. I love that guy. I think he was up there with Einstein. He just didn't live long enough and didn't get, you know, he he right. was he was just too soon. So they're saying that this yeah. is going to be a test route with public buses. Um, once they go through the appropriate testing, they will implement it into uh, distribution trucks and then private and autonomous vehicles. Oh, now we're talking. That's awesome. Yeah. So Tel Aviv's going to be the city of the future. Sounds yeah, like. it's going to be the first one. Yeah. Which that just thinking about that technology, man. You're it's literally going to be under the road and it's going to charge your vehicle and you like. That's, to me, that's amazing. Yeah, I wonder what kind of com complex things that adds to road maintenance, though, you know? like. Well, I would think that they would make it, they wouldn't make it necessarily out of asphalt, so maybe it's something more durable, because there's, uh, have you seen the, um, the solar panel roads? Yes. Those are amazing. Yeah. And they... It, they're in awesome. like octagon shaped. So if there's an issue, they, they can just pop the it specific up. specific section. Exactly. Huh. So it should, right. in theory, it should make everything a lot easier and actually cost less in the long run for maintenance. Hmm. I could see that because, yeah. geez, I know pavement and concrete's a, a real expensive um, way to go. And right. of course, every time it rains or it snows, you got potholes. So. Yeah, and then they fix it, and then two right. weeks later, it's starting again. <laughs> yeah, because they don't actually give it time to settle. Right. It never dries. No. That's, that's why they just patch it and then leave, and then, boom, people are just pulling it up with their tires. Every right. Well, and then you'll get, it used to be a big old pothole that just had no concrete or asphalt, and then now... It's there, so it looks like it's there, but it's sunk down. Yeah. <laughs> so you're driving normally, you just smack into it and just, yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's dangerous being a motorcycle rider on some yeah. of these roads. Oh, man. yeah. God, oh, I mean, no doubt. I used to have a bike, and um, I would only ride the back roads because the, lo the roads less traveled actually are in way better shape than a lot of people would think. Oh, yeah. Because they sure. don't have the big big rigs on them or dump trucks or any of those big, big heavy vehicles that damage the roads like they do on the interstates. And um, man, having to ride on uh, 24 and 840s on some of those bridge transitions, I mean, oh, yeah. I would literally, my man. ass would be off the seat. I'd hit it so hard. <laughs> it's scary, man. It's fucking scary. Yeah, I bet no, it, it is. is. You're I, going 70 yeah, miles an hour on that. a on an 800 pound bike and you're like, this if I hit this wrong and don't balance right, you I'm can die. Done. Yeah, done. that's insane. Yeah. So. yeah, no. When I had my bike, um, you couldn't pay me enough to take uh, eight forty. No. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, that <laughs> I did it once and never again. I thought I was gonna die. I was like, this is it. That groove, that groove payment, payment Dude, is no joke, man. For the longest no. time, it was sketchy just driving in a car on eight forty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they're actually fixing all the bridge um, transitions now. Good. They're smoothing them out. That's good. Yeah, I we we were on the I forget where we were going, but we were on eight forty a couple of weeks ago. And um, they were doing 
construction and they had had the bridge transitions down to one lane as you go over the bridge and they were smoothing it out. Good. We'd hit the ones that they had already repaired and it was just smooth sailing. I was like, okay, why couldn't they have done that from the start? Why are we doing this 10 <laughs> years after the fact? Like, that's government for you. We got to keep I was about jobs. to say, that's the government yeah. for you. They don't do things to actually fix problems. They do it like as a band-aid and then you have to come back later and you know you have to actually fix it correctly which just costs more money more time more resources it's a complete waste yep you're not wrong man you are not down wrong. with Absolutely. the government all right well ladies and gentlemen i think we're gonna wrap it up for today unless any of you guys have anything else you want to discuss uh no, I would just say reiterate this kind of same thing. So thank you guys for listening, and uh, we hope you guys are enjoying everything. Uh, we are available anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Uh, oh, unbiasedfreedom.com. Right? Yes, we also we're, uh, yeah. we have registered our domain. Um, for now, it's going to take you to our anchor page where it can lead you to finding our podcast. Sending us a uh, message. Sending us a message. That way we can add it to our podcast. Um, Which we're still waiting on. The first yes. person who does that is going to get some swag. Also, we're very close. We're only one like away from hitting 100 likes on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash unbiasedfreedom. Go over there. Give us a like. Follow us. Um, once we hit 100, we're going to do a merch giveaway. And uh, also, we're on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter. Um Please join us. Uh, we love to have you guys. We love the interactions. We really want to get some of these uh, questions and comments that we can play on there. That's going to be on anchor.fm slash unbiasedfreedom. And if you go to unbiasedfreedom.com, it'll take you there. And soon we're hoping to start working on actually building a website. Uh, we're looking into doing some merch. And I think it's going to be awesome. I'm excited, guys. Yeah, just ex expanding yeah. the platform and trying to get more reach. I mean, yeah, that's all we can do. And big shout out to whoever is listening uh, outside of the U.S. Yeah. That's pretty cool. We're seeing, what, we're getting France, some international. Ireland, Singapore. And uh, let's see. Who was who our other listener, Thomas? We had. Tell us, tell us. We yes. want to know. We had U.S., <laughs> France, Ireland, Singapore, and the Philippines. So Help! thank you guys hey. so much. We hope you're enjoying it. Uh, we love seeing this, uh, this broad reach. It's all organic. Uh, please like us, share, subscribe. Let's get this audience built. And, you know, we. We love we love seeing this grow. It's it's been pretty awesome so far. And being only a month deep too, so it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I know I know Thomas Thomas sends us uh, growth update updates just about every day and every time I open it I'm like, "Man, that's awesome, you know." Um and I don't know about you guys, but personally, if uh, if anybody in those other countries that is listening out there um has any questions or needs some clarification, I know I'd love to hear from you guys too. Yeah. Or if you want to be on the show and ask yeah. some questions, we could do like a, a, a audio chat and get you on the podcast. I mean, any kind of questions. That would be amazing. Have somebody from another country join in. Yeah. That would yeah, be sweet. Absolutely. Why not? Why yeah. not, man? But yeah, just, and like I said, reach out to us. Um, get on the Facebook page. Like us. Interact with us. We, that's, we love the interaction. And uh, also, we will likely be uh, doing commentary over Wednesday's vice presidential debate coming up. So... Uh, unfortunately, Sean has to work. Life uh, hits, and uh, but uh, I believe Thomas and myself will be able to uh, offer our thoughts and analysis and yeah. uh, 
prayers because, oh my God, it's going to be another shit show. Uh, well, I expect this one to actually go a lot smoother and uh, be it more will. of an actual debate because both of them are not quite as hot-headed and Kamala, though, my, man. She, they're mild, man. Uh, yeah, she she's pretty she, abrasive, dude. Yeah, I was but gonna she's, say nothing about Kamala Harris really strikes me as um, no mild man. <laughs> but I'm just saying, compared to Trump and Biden, let's be real. But honestly, she got destroyed during the debates during Tulsi, the, man. <laughs> she got tore up. It was so funny. Yeah, but we all but. know uh, <laughs> Pence is super docile. He's really quiet. He's yeah. like he's like the choir boy. It'll be interesting. So, for sure. Oh, for yeah. sure. For sure. But, uh, yeah. all right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, this is uh, Ian signing off from Middle Tennessee, and we'll see you on the next one. Yes, sir. You guys have a fantastic week. As always, thanks for listening.